you're traveling through another podcast. A podcast not only of reviewing and discussing, but of discovery. A journey into a wondrous show whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the RSS feed up ahead. Your next stop, Anthology. Hello and welcome to Anthology, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. I'm your host, Matt Hurt, and if this is your first time listening, Anthology is one man's examination of the Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer. Each podcast, I share my thoughts and my first impressions, analysis, and overall thoughts on Rod Serling's iconic series one episode at a time. I also cover modern anthology science fiction shows such as Black Mirror and the Jordan Peele-produced Twilight Zone reboot and bonus episode review series. You can find more of Anthology as well as a full episode archive at anthologypod.com. And if you want to contact me, you can use the Facebook page at facebook.com slash anthologypod, tweet me at ovanthologypod, or send an email to matt at obsessiveviewer.com. So today on the podcast, it's a special episode, a special relaunch episode, which I've done before. Um, yeah, went on a bit of a hiatus, a very long hiatus, and I'm back. I'm not going to... Uh, go through the whole song and dance of, oh, sorry for, you know, leaving you guys hanging. I am sorry, but I just figure that in the future when people are listening to this in chronological order, um, the kind of hiatus that happened between these last couple episodes uh, will be irrelevant. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for your patience as I kind of work through some stuff and, and get to the point where I can get more episodes pumped out, hopefully. Um, so uh, appreciate your guys' patience on that. So today on the podcast, it is a special episode, like I said. Um, the relaunch episode is going to be me talking about the uh, Blu-ray release of the 2019 uh, Jordan Peele-produced Twilight Zone reboot on CBS All Access. Um, I did just go through a whole big bonus episode review series last year about the new series. Um, I was actually really proud of those episodes and everything. So um, if you were holding out on uh, getting a CBS All Access subscription, the Blu-ray set is available on Amazon and everything. Um, it is available for purchase. Um, yeah, and I am recording this on Saturday, April 11th, 2020. Um, I'm going to release it tomorrow on Easter, so... Um, I don't know, the social media is going to be ridiculous um, when I post it because it's Easter Sunday and it's re reviving the podcast. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic and everything. So, um, yeah, my kind of thought is that um, if self-isolating and quarantining for the foreseeable future isn't enough to get me to actually record these podcasts and resurrect anthology, um, then what good am I at this? <laughs> so, uh, then what's the point? I don't know. Anyway, I'm all over the place. So, um, yeah, so this week or this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about the Blu-ray release of the Twilight Zone from CBS All Access. And I'm also going to share my thoughts on the, uh, 60th anniversary, um, special screening of Twilight Zone that happened in November. Um, but before I get into all of that, I do have a couple of uh, news items and updates I want to bring up. Uh, first of all, huge, huge thank you to Victoria Tillinghast, who I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, by the way, <laughs> Victoria Tillinghast, um, who included Anthology in a blog post about sci-fi podcasts. Um, very, very uh, 
happy and and honored to be included in that. So uh, here's what she wrote. She wrote, have you ever woken up and realized you wanted to rewatch the Twilight Zone, but you couldn't because you had uh, you had to go to your day job or start building meaningful relationships with your kids? Anthology podcast can help. Hosted by the Obsessive Viewer podcast co-host Matt Hurt provides a deep uh, dive of each episode of the Twilight Zone original series through the lens of a first-time viewer. His dedication to sci-fi and enthusiasm for cinematography is charming, and it makes for an especially easy listen. Um, and she goes on to talk about her experience with Twilight Zone. Check that out. That is in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes of this uh, episode. Um, that's at victoriatillinghast.com. Um, thank you so much, Victoria, for, for the kind words and for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it, especially when I'm on such an extended hiatus. I, I definitely appreciate, um, the kind words and everything. And, uh, just so you guys know, the blog post also mentioned other sci-fi podcasts, including Gay Future, Fireside Mystery Podcast, and Improvised Star Trek. So go check that out at victoriatillinghouse.com and uh, link in the show notes and everything. And once again, Victoria, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it and hope you, get, hope you enjoy uh, the rest of what I do here. <laughs> um, yeah. The next uh, news item that I want to bring up is there have been some, there has been some announcements and um, news brought up about the Twilight Zone season two on CBS All Access. Um this news came about in, I think, January, but they announced some uh, cast members and writers and directors for several of the episodes that are coming up in season two. Now, given the um, current climate of the world um, with the COVID-19 pandemic, um, I have no idea when season two will air. Um, they haven't announced anything. Um, I have... I, I guess my, I have no basis for this, but I assume that production has finished, just judging from the time frame and everything. Um, there have been rumors that it'll be middle of the year, so probably June or July. Um, however, with all of this going on, I don't know. They, they haven't said anything, and I don't know if it'll come out in the middle of the year. Um, even if they finished filming and everything, there's still post-production, and a lot of um, studios and everything have announced that, you know, Things have been shut down because of post-production, like po- uh, postponed and shut down because of post-production stuff. Like post-production houses can't work because they're staying at home um, because of the coronavirus. So um, I don't know when these episodes are going to come out. Hopefully we'll hear something soon. Um, however, I do have my podcasting um <laughs> Uh, work cut out for me because I have a whole bunch of bonus episodes that I need to uh, or I want to get to um, for several episodes, but I'll talk about that later. So anyway, the news that came up about season two of The Twilight Zone on CBS All Access is there have been episode titles, casting, and um, um, writer and director news. So I'm going to just kind of run down. This is from IndieWire.com. I'm going to run down some of the uh, episode titles and information that has come up, come out about them. So, uh, first episode is Downtime, starring uh, Marina Baccarin from the Deadpool franchise, Homeland, um, and Firefly. Uh, Coleman Domingo uh, from If Beale Street Could Talk, and Tony Hale from Veep, Toy Story 4, Arrested Development. Um, and uh, <laughs> very short-lived show, uh, Andy Barker, P.I. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of Andy Richter's uh, 
shows that he he was like a one season wonder kind of thing. He he played a, Andy Andy Richter played a private investigator or something like that. But Tony Hale was like he was he like owned like a video store or something that was next door to uh, the PI. Um, place that like the storefront that Andy Barker had. So anyway, um, Tony, I just remember Tony Hill's character being really uh, charming because he was very obsessed with movies and everything. And, uh, I kind of identified with that. Anyway, downtime is, uh, to be written by Jordan Peele, which is very exciting. I'm very excited that season two is going to have an episode that is written by Jordan Peele. Um, I appreciate that he didn't write or direct anything, from season one. Um, I think I talked about that in the bonus episodes. I just like that, you know, it seems like the intention, my assumption is that the intention is that they wanted, uh, season one to kind of stand on their own, stand on its own. So I appreciate that. And I like that they're bringing in Jordan Peele, kind of bringing in the big guns, I guess. Uh, the next episode announced was the who of you, by the way, these episodes are in no particular order. So who knows when they're going to, what order they're going to air in. Um, so the who of you stars Daniel Sunjata. Uh, I don't, I haven't seen him in anything. Apparently he was in, uh, rescue me, uh, Ethan Embry, who I'm a big fan of. He was recently in, uh, blind spotting. He's also apparently in grace and Frankie. I haven't seen that, but I, <laughs> I've been a huge fan of Ethan Embry from the nineties movie. Um, uh, can't hardly wait, which is currently available on Netflix. Um, if you're looking for something, <laughs> uh, fun to watch, it's, I mean, it's, it's a one nineteen party movie um that i just i i love uh dearly and then uh that episode down uh, that that episode the who of you also has billy porter from some stuff like like a boss pose i i'm not familiar with him uh but this episode is going to be written by win rosenfeld who is one of the uh executive producers of of the twilight zone he also uh was involved with the last OG, I think is on, I, I don't know what, what station that's on, but, um, and he also wrote the, uh, or helped write, I think the upcoming Candyman remake. Uh, the next episode is a human face starring Jenna Elfman and Chris Maloney, uh, Chris Maloney from law and order SVU. Uh, Chris Maloney, uh, he's also in, um, <laughs> they came together, um, and a bunch of, uh, David Wayne stuff, but, uh, his role in they came together is hilarious. Uh, he is at a Halloween, he's at a Halloween party dressed up as a superhero and then he has to go to the bathroom, but then he defecates in the, in, in the costume. It's, it's really funny. It sounds ridiculous and stupid and it is ridiculous and stupid, but it's hilarious. Um, and then the human face also has Tavi, uh, Gevinson from Enough Said. I, I'm not familiar with, with Tavi Gevinson. Uh, but this episode is going to be written by Alex Rubens, who is one of the, uh, executive producers of The Twilight Zone. He, I think he wrote, um, in season one, I believe he wrote The Comedian, um, and maybe a couple others, but he also worked on Keanu and he wrote for Key and Peel as well. The next episode on the list is Eight, uh, starring Joel McHale from Community, obviously. Um, and written by Glenn Morgan, uh, who of course was involved with season one heavily. Um, in the special features on the Blu-ray, they actually, uh, they refer to Glenn Morgan as kind of the de facto showrunner of the Twilight Zone, which I, I found really, um, interesting and really good because he's, he's really talented. He wrote, um, a traveler last season, which was, uh, one of the standouts of the season, in my opinion. Um, the next episode on the list is among the untrodden, which is going to have, uh, Abby Hearn and Sophia Macy. I think that those are the first, 
that it's maybe their first acting credits because it says introducing Abby Hearn and Sophia Macy. So I'm very curious what that episode is going to be like. It's written by Heather Ann Campbell, um, who's one of the executive producers on The Twilight Zone, of course. And uh, she wrote um, Not All Men last season. And then the last episode on the list is Meet in uh, Meet in the Middle, uh, starring Jimmy Simpson from Westworld and uh, uh, It's Always Sunny fame. Also with uh, Gillian Jacobs from Community, Love on Netflix, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, this episode is going to be written by Emily C. Chang and Sarah Aman- uh, Amini, uh, both from... Misery Loves Company, which is something I'm not familiar with at all. Um, but I'm excited for that one. Just just from the uh, casting of Jimmy Simpson and Gillian Jacobs, I think that that could be really interesting because they're both very talented actors. Um, and then finally, the, the last thing about the uh, news for season two is that back... I don't know when this was, but... Um, a couple months ago, Bloody Disgusting um, posted a, an article about how uh, Osgood Perkins, director Osgood Perkins, who is, uh, he recently directed um, Gretel and Hansel, which I thought was just an okay horror movie. Um, back, I saw it in the theater back when theaters were a thing. Um, but... I, and I was really tired and everything, but I did think it was visually just gorgeous, like astoundingly beautiful to look at. Um, the movie itself was, didn't really interest me that much, but the, but the actual like cinematography and the, just the composition of, of a lot of shots was, was really, really beautiful to me. Anyway, uh, Osgood Perkins is going to be writing and directing an episode of The Twilight Zone this season. And he was talking to, I think it was, uh, the Daily Texan. And here's, I'm, I'm just gonna read quotes, um, uh, from his, from his, uh, interview there. He said, quote, I wrote and I am directing an episode of The Twilight Zone for Jordan Peele and that gang. Jordan Peele's company and I have been looking into something together for a while. I think I'm the only person who's written and is directing their episode in an authorship kind of way. So I'm going to do a really kind of bananas meta, uh, Twilight Zone episode. It's pretty good. And then, uh, in another, uh, in another interview with Screen Rant, uh, he said, it's a very far out thing that I can't really believe they're letting me do, but Jordan's been really supportive of everything that I'm trying, and CBS somehow is into it. The next thing you can expect is a really out of sight Twilight Zone episode. So, um, I'm really intrigued by that. I'm, I'm extremely interested in that just because I think that he has a very interesting eye for, uh, just in terms of just visual storytelling, I think he has a very interesting eye, judging from Gretel and Hansel. However, just the, <laughs> I do want to say that his inclusion of the word meta in that has me a little curious, especially after seeing the special features on the Blu-ray for, for season one. But I'm all for, I, I was a huge supporter and I really loved what they did with Blurry Man in season one. I just kind of hope that that's all they do with meta stuff. Um, I'm very um, hesitant about them doing anything more, any more kind of fourth wall breaking kind of thing. Um, we'll see what happens in season two. We'll see what they do. Um, but right now, as I stand here, uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit curious and a little cautious of, of what they're going to be doing. So yeah, so that's all the news and updates I have for this episode. Um, so I'm going to just dive right into, first up, I'm, I'm going to talk about the 60th anniversary celebration uh, of the Twilight Zone 
screening um, that happened on Thursday, November 14th, 2019. Um, and I'm just going to, oh my God, I'm just going to dive right into it. Uh, so Thursday night, November 14th, 2019, long ago, back when movie theaters existed and we could leave our homes and without fear of contracting a deadly disease or a deadly virus that could prove fatal and, and is highly communicative to anyone we come in contact with. They screened the Twilight Zone in theaters. Um, so in celebration of its 60th anniversary, um, there was a special celebration screening of the Twilight Zone where they showed, I believe it was six episodes back to back. Um, I don't remember. Well, I, I, I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother to run down each episode and everything, but uh, I just want to kind of talk about my experience with that experience. Um, it was really cool. I'll say that. Um, uh, it was really a delight to be able to watch the Twilight Zone on the big screen. Um, this is a TV show that obviously you guys have been charting my experience discovering it um, since the beginning uh, years ago at this point. Um, and it's become a TV show that is very near and dear to my heart. Like it is extraordinarily incredible in terms of storytelling like i like i adore this tv series and having the opportunity to actually see it in a movie theater which is my favorite thing to do just about is to go see something in a movie theater like that is that is my that is my thing i love doing that and it kills me that i can't do that right now um it has been exactly as i'm recording this has been exactly one month since i've seen a movie in the in the movie theater and or gone to a movie theater because they all got closed down i believe it was march 13th i think um and i'm recording this april 11th and i saw the way back on march 11th um which is a passable movie but a terrible like final movie in the movie theater for me to see so anyway i adore the movie theater experience and i am a huge appreciate uh, appreciator i don't know if that's a word um, is and i'm highly appreciative and revere this television show of course so getting the opportunity to see six episodes back to back along with a with a uh, documentary about rod serling in a movie theater was just incredible um couple of things about it though um if you guys listen to the obsessive viewer uh, you know that i am very um known for talking about uh, less than ideal movie theater experiences as I do kind of have them a lot. And I think it's more just a numbers thing. I see movies in, in the movie theater a lot. So there's a lot of opportunity for me to have a disruptive movie theater experience thanks to other people in the audience. But I want to say that this, I, I was kind of, um, I don't know if I'd say perturbed, but I was kind of disappointed, I would say, um, because the movie theater that I saw the Twilight Zone in, uh, they kept the screen dark for for a long time. Like usually they have pre-running, pre-roll like stuff. And I saw on social media from my friends that uh, 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 submitted for your approval and uh, between light and shadow, and also like fan. Um, uh, notices and stuff, um, and, and bits and pieces of things that people were saying about the Twilight Zone. And like, my theater just had a dark screen for a long time. Um, and that was, that was kind of a bummer. But even more disappointing than that was the fact that they didn't even start the show. They didn't even start it until about, 
five minutes into the first episode and into like the first episode was walking distance, which is one of my favorite episodes so far in this whole journey through the twilight zone that I'm taking. Um, and they didn't even start it until, uh, until gig young is walking into the soda shop. Like the, like, I think that that's like three to four minutes into the episode. And I was just like, that's, that's a bummer. That sucks. I was very disappointed in that. Um, and even then it was like uh, probably 30 or 40 seconds before they even had the audio playing. So that was a, that was a bummer of an experience. And then the other downside of all of that was that, um, there were these people sitting in the row behind me that kept talking, um, as if it were like, as if they were at home talking uh, while watching TV. And that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like don't talk at full volume if you're in a movie theater, if movie theaters do exist in the, in the, post COVID-19 future. So anyway, as for the actual content, um, being able to see the twilight zone on the big screen was astounding. I, I loved it. It was one of my favorite movie theater experiences of last year. Um, just really cool. I, I, I love it because I love this series and I mean, we got, uh, let's see uh, off the top of my head, the movie, the episodes that they were, that they were, that they showed were walking distance. Uh, the, whoa, I shouldn't have, walked myself into this corner um walking distance um the invaders um that to serve man um oh the monsters of new on maple street of course uh i have the beholder and then what was the other one that they showed that i there because there were six i don't know but anyway um getting to see the monsters monsters are due on maple street one of my favorite episodes of of the entire series so far was just beautiful <laughs> i loved it so much it was it was incredible um and i also got to see to serve man which is an episode that i haven't gotten to yet so um and that is an iconic episode um so yeah i'll talk just briefly about my uh immediate reaction to that um it was pretty good um, i think that culturally the whole uh it's a cookbook twist at the end um has kind of had kind of made me a little more uh, not expectant of it, but more focused on like the lead up to that rather than the social commentary and, and the actual content of it. So when I get to it in this podcast, I will talk about it in more depth and I'll obviously experience it, uh, more viscerally, but actually seeing it for the first time in a movie theater was cool. And, uh, I, the Canamites are Canamites. Canamites. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, those, uh, it's a very interesting concept and, uh, a good episode. I'll talk more about that in season three of Anthology and The Twilight Zone. So, yeah, I, that was my experience with The Twilight Zone on the big screen. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it too, if you got a chance to see it. Um, it was just, it was, it was really cool. I, I really loved it. I loved, I got there early and I sat down in my seat and like I was wearing one of my Twilight Zone shirts and I saw people coming in. They were wearing Twilight Zone shirts. I think one guy was wearing a Twilight Zone hat. Um, and like people were just talking and just enjoying the, like talking before it started because, you know, just a blank screen for like 15 minutes, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, it was just cool. Like I overheard people talking about like, Oh, I, have, you, have you seen the Twilight Zone and all that and stuff? And then like, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, uh, as much as I wanted to, I wanted to stand up and get to the front of it and say like, Hey, everyone check out anthology, but I didn't. Um, so if you were at that screening, you're welcome. <laughs> um, Southern Plaza, Indianapolis, uh, Southern Plaza, uh, screening on November 14th, uh, 2019. So 
Yeah, so that was the experience. It was awesome. Hopefully, it would be amazing if we got more opportunities like that. Like, I would love for, like, Fathom Events to do uh, screenings like that um, because it was just – it was a really unique experience and really cool. Like, it was the first time that the Twilight Zone TV series was on the big screen. And it's just – it's it's really cool that I – that for me that I got to experience it as well. And I'm sure that, I, like – more like the diehard fans, lifelong fans, I should say, of the Twilight Zone got to experiences, experience it as well. And hopefully we get more opportunities like that in the future um, whenever movie theaters open back up. Okay, so next up now, I'm going to talk about the Twilight Zone Season 1 Blu-ray from CBS, uh, the CBS All Access version of the Twilight Zone. Um, there's got to be a better way to say it. The 2019 Twilight Zone Reboot Season 1 Blu-ray release. Your next stop the twilight zone i know things the question is what are we going to do make a wish blow out the candles i saved us what did you do nothing Uh, this Blu-ray was released on February 18th, 2020, and I completely forgot to mention in my talk about the Twilight Zone, uh, on the big screen that they ended it with a, with a 23 or 26 minute, um, documentary about Rod Serling, just kind of his legacy and everything, which I'll talk more about here in a bit because it is included in the season one Blu-ray release of the Twilight Zone from CBS All Access. So I'm just going to kind of run through disc by disc, um, for this release, it has a total of, I want to say five discs. Yes, five discs are in this Blu-ray release. It includes both the, uh, color version of the season and the black and white versions of the episode. So, um, I do want to say that each episode or each disc includes, uh, the episode promos and the kind of opening the door featurette segments, uh, that they released in on social media for each episode. So like little brief three to four minute, um, behind the scenes things with, with people from the episodes talking about the, the legacy of the Twilight Zone and, and their experience with, with making the episode and, and how they felt about the episode. Kind of the, uh, yeah, it was all over social media. So, um, those are included on the Blu-ray release and also included are deleted scenes, extended scenes, um, and a few, so, uh, future, uh, a few commentary tracks for some of the episodes. So it's a pretty good release. It's a pretty good, um, Blu-ray release for this season and, uh, kind of going through it after not watching the season or watching the episodes, um, in a while, uh, made me really honestly just appreciate what they did and what they were going for. Even if some of the, uh, finished products of the episodes maybe didn't mesh that well or weren't as strong as they could have been. Um, it's still, is, uh, admirable what they, what they were going for. Um, and I really like that the some of the featurettes and the feature, the special features on this on this release kind of just go through the process of of creating this season of television that they did, um, and it made me just kind of really uh, appreciate the season a little bit more, I guess. Um, even though I was I was pretty, I feel like I was pretty um, good about it. <laughs> I was pretty. Uh, uh, favorable to it compared to other, <laughs> a lot of other people that watched the, 
the show. Um, but I, I, I just got, gained a new appreciation for it because like in watching the episodes and, uh, recording podcasts about each episode, like I, I know these freaking episodes backwards and forwards. I watched them so much. Like that's one of the reasons why those episodes of the podcast are some of the, to be frank, some of the more, uh, my proudest moments in podcasting are probably covering the season one of the twilight zone from 2019, um, on CBS all access. Um, just because I just dove so deep into these episodes and I, I, I don't know, kind of going from absorbing so much about the season, um, to a long hiatus where I didn't even really think about the season that much or the show, uh, to Kind of, kind of dive into this Blu-ray release and and see the special features and kind of just re uh, familiarize myself with this stuff. Uh, it was just it was really unique and um, I really gained a good appreciation for it and what they did. So, disc one. Um, this disc includes the comedian, Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet, a replay, and a traveler. It also has the remembering Rod Serling thirty-six minute uh, documentary feature or feature at. Um, documentary whatever um that was played on the uh big screen at the 60th anniversary celebration screening but i'll get to that in a moment so as far as special features for each episode uh the comedian has one deleted scene which has uh kumail's character at a bar asking a dude if his tattoo represents the people that he's killed um it's it's a fine deleted scene. Um, it actually gives more context to the scene where he is uh, uh, on stage and he's he's talking about um, how he met someone that was a murderer. Um, in the finished episode, the the full episode there, um, that kind of seems like a little bit of a disconnect because the scene previous to that in the finished episode is him on a bus and he sees a guy that has a bunch of tattoos, I think. Um, and then suddenly he's on stage talking about how like, oh, he met a, an actual murderer. So that feels like there was a missing scene and <laughs> there is a missing scene. The, like this deleted scene, uh, has this, um, it kind of provides context to that. Um, I won't give away what happens in the scene, but I feel like it could have been inserted into the episode pretty, uh, pretty cleanly. Um, yeah. And then the next, uh, that was the only thing for, for the comedian that they had on the Blu-ray set. Um, Nightmare 30,000 Feet has one extended scene. Um, it's the scene where Adam Scott's character is getting his bag that has the pin on it. Um, from security, uh, in the airport. And it's a, it's kind of a weird scene. It's, it's this extended scene is that he's trying to say hello to all the fellow passengers after they go through security. Um, it didn't really work for me. Um, and I'm kind of glad that it was cut out of the episode or, or cut down from the finished episode. Um, cause it's weird. Like he, he, um, it, it's, it's kind of just strange. Like it's a little bit too, too much, um, to have him, try to strike up conversation, not even strike up conversation, just saying hello to the other passengers and stuff. Um, it just, it didn't feel like a clean kind of segue or didn't, it didn't feel like an organic way to introduce the other passengers on the plane. Um, so yeah, so that, and that's the only special feature that they had for nightmare at 30,000 feet. Um, yeah. And so, uh, the next, uh, episode on it is replay. Uh, which was one of my favorite episodes of the season. And fortunately it has a commentary track with the, with executive producer, Wynn Rosenfeld and writer Selwyn Saifu Hines. Um, 
this commentary track is really good. Like it provides a lot of good insight into the making of making of the episode. Um, and like they praise CBS for letting them do what they did with it. Um, and there's a lot of good insight into just kind of the cultural dynamic and, and the, uh, um, the kind of social commentary that was provided in, in the episode as well. Um, I just really, I got a lot of insight from the episode or from the commentary track and I mean, it's an episode that I really appreciate and, and revere for the first season also. So it was kind of a nice treat to get to hear the writer and one of the producers talk about it, uh, throughout the, throughout the run of it. I do want to mention that there is one Easter egg or not, not one Easter egg, but the one tidbit that I'll give away from the commentary track. So, uh, Dorian in the episode, like he is going to college and the college uh, that he's going to is called Tennyson university. Now when the episode aired, um, it was the assumption of a lot of people, obviously that Tennyson is a reference to Tennyson from the silence in season two of the original twilight zone. Um, something really cool. Uh, it's not, that's completely happenstance. Apparently, apparently, they landed on naming it Tennyson, um, naming the college Tennyson because they kept trying to name it so many other things, but the, uh, legal department of CBS, I guess, couldn't clear it. Like they couldn't clear it for that. Uh, so they just landed on Tennyson as like one, the ninth or so choice. And it just happens to be the name of a character from the original series. So it's not an Easter egg. It's just completely happenstance that it happened. I, I, I thought I got a huge kick out of that. Um, but yeah, but that it was a good commentary track. I really appreciated it. And also, I just really hope that Selwyn Seifu Hines uh, writes another episode for season two or is involved in the production of season two because I, I really respect him as a writer, especially after that episode. Um, there are a couple of deleted scenes uh, for replay. One is, uh, oh God, I can't remember her name. The mother um, explaining, she's explaining the camcorder and its magical properties to Dorian outside the diner. Um, it's right before uh, the cop shows up uh, or comes out and uh, accosts her about the car. Um, it's fine. It, it, not really needed. I uh, Not really needed, especially with the, the more uh, kind of uh, the more emotionally resonant scene where she explains it in the car after, after, uh, one of the, one of the flashes or one of the alternate, whatever. Um, one of the, one of the rewinds, I should say, um, that's a better scene and and it would have been redundant if they included this, uh, deleted scene in there as well. Um, and then there's another deleted scene where they're getting the hotel room. It's just, they're checking into the hotel. Um, the, the clerk at the desk is an African American woman and they have this, there's like this silent moment between, uh, the mother and, and the desk clerk that, uh, works pretty well, but is ultimately like it, it doesn't really provide that much in terms of, uh, uh, any story developments or anything. So I can see why it was a deleted scene. Um, and then there are no, unfortunately there are no special features for a traveler, um, which was one of my, <laughs> which was an episode I, re- I appreciated, um, quite a bit in season one. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the rest of the special features, there's just a season one promo, which is a minute and a half promo for the season. Um, I think that it's what was, it's, it's the, it's what was played after either the comedian or nightmare 30,000 feet on CBS all access when it, when it premiered. Um, it's just a season, a promo of the season and everything. Um, I'll probably put a clip from that 
as the introduction to this segment of this episode. So, uh, yeah. And then finally, on oh, finally on disc one of five, <laughs> finally on disc one is uh, that thirty-six minute documentary remembering Rod Serling. Um, so the kind of uh, the blurb about it is that uh, it just says on the on the cover and everything. This all new documentary takes viewers on a journey into the fertile imagination and the life of the Twilight Zone creator Rod Serling. Um, so as I said, this was shown in the theater with the 60th anniversary screening back in November. And, uh, really it's an, it's a very nice celebration of Serling as just like, just a celebration of him and, and his genius. Um, the highlight of it, like the, the thing that I, I just adored about it was that there's footage of him talking to people about his craft and, uh, and like, it's like, I don't know the context is, it's like a, it's like a lecture. He, uh, a lecture, but it's kind of like in a, in like a study. Um, like he's in like a comfortable looking chair and there's a couple of people there. I don't know if they're students or, or what, but it's just basically him talking about, uh, he's, he's talking about just his craft, his, what, like what he does. And more importantly, it's him talking about like, the burden of being a creative person. Um, like his, like it is intoxicating to, to hear him speak about, like it is to hear him speak about his craft and just what it takes to be a creative person. Um, it is, it is like amazing. I, I loved that part of the documentary. Um, it's just, I, I, it's, I don't know. There's something about obviously like he's a genius and, hearing him speak about like kind of the inner workings of his l- legitimately like his genius mind is just so incredible to me. So that was a very in- insightful um documentary. There's also um talking heads from uh from Ann Serling and from a lot of different people that are, you know, involved with uh uh, that knew him and uh, are fans of the Twilight Zone and have studied the Twilight Zone. So it's a very insightful documentary. Like I said, it's 36 minutes. Really, really strong stuff. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So that's disc one of the Blu-ray set. Uh, disc two has The Wonderkind, Six Degrees of Freedom, Not All Men, and Point of Origin. So I'm going to run down the special features on those as well. Uh, let's see. So The Wonderkind has uh one extended scene uh in terms of special features there's one extended scene that has John Cho having an epiphany about Oliver's slogan as he's telling more uh, Ma- uh wow Moira more Mora more oh my god Moira oh wow <laughs> why can't i say that word <laughs> Allison Tolman, uh, <laughs> about, uh, he has an epiphany about Oliver's, uh, slogan as he's telling Allison Tolman how he thinks Oliver is the real deal. Um, and man, this episode really needed that scene. I have no idea why it was cut down, why it wasn't included, but it is, it is a very good scene. I, I really appreciated it because we get that scene later in the episode where, um, where John Cho's character is talking about how, uh, somewhere along the way he started to believe Oliver and like that kind of, I remember not feeling like that was really communicated that well in the episode. 
Um, and that's why, because this scene was taken out of the episode. <laughs> like this extended scene was cut down in the episode. Like it's a scene where he's like, in credit to John Cho in terms of his, his performance and everything. Cause like you, in this scene, in this extended scene where he's talking about, uh, talking about how Oliver could have a real chance at, at being the president. Um, you can see the gears turning in his head. Like it's a very good, um, performance from John Cho and like it's missing from the episode. And that's why it doesn't like, that's why that line later in the episode feels a little unearned. Um, and there's a great button on the episode. I won't give it away, but he goes into the, he goes into the uh, campaign bus and he tells Oliver what the slogan should be. And Oliver's reaction is it's, it's great. It's a good piece of levity and uh, comic relief. Um, in a, in a more absurdist episode of, of the twilight zone. Um, the other special feature <laughs> for the wonderkind is the, uh, full length music video for, uh, Oliver's campaign music video. Uh, to be completely honest, guys, I did not watch this. I did not watch the full music video. I think I said in the episode, um, in the episode where I reviewed the wonderkind that, I I never want to hear that song again <laughs> because I watched this episode so many times and that I hate that music video. I hate the song. Um, so like I, I kind of hovered around watching it. Like I was like, well, maybe I can watch the whole thing and it'll be fine. But like, like there was like a buzz in my head. Like that was just like, like replaying the song in my head. And I was like, it's too much. It's too much. It's, it's an earworm. It's annoying. <laughs> and I just, I just did, I couldn't watch it. So, uh, the full music video is on the Blu-ray set. I can't speak to how it is because I didn't watch it, but, uh, yeah, it is available on the Blu-ray set on disc two. So next up is six degrees of freedom. There is one extended scene where some of the crew members are talking about Jerry's breakdown with a, uh, like breakdown in, in the episode. Um, and it's a good heart to heart moment between two of the characters. Um, I wish that there was more about six degrees of freedom on the Blu-ray set. Um, because that is probably my favorite episode of the whole season. Um, I would have loved a commentary track about it. Um, but yeah, but I mean, the extended scene works fine. Um, I don't think I, I don't see it being needed in the episode. So I can see why it was cut down. So next up is Not All Men, which does have a feature, or does have a commentary track with producer Wynn Rosenfeld and writer Heather Ann Campbell. Um, it's a fun commentary track. Um, it's a little sparse with information. Um, and there's, there's some moments where it gets a little quiet, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, overall it's, it's what, what's there is really satisfying. I, I really liked hearing Heather Ann Campbell's insight into the episode and into, in being like writing that episode. Um, it was, it was really good. It was, it was a really interesting, insightful commentary track. And then rounding out disc two is point of origin, which has no special features, which fine. Yeah. Um, so disc three, moving right along, uh, has the blue scorpion and blurry man, um, to round out the season. And there are also a couple of special features on it, which I'll get to, um, as far as the episodes, uh, let's see. So the blue scorpion has three deleted scenes. Um, one, which has Jeff, 
interviewing for a position at the university at the university it seems like maybe this is an alternate opening scene um because it's it's just a huge exposition exposition dump uh where he's talking about his his father and and his uh kind of like what he's going through in his personal life and stuff it just seems a little too like hey okay here here's this character here's what he's going through uh Let's just let's like front load the episode with all of this uh, exposition. Um, it didn't work. I'm glad that it was deleted from the episode. And then the other delete, uh, one of the other deleted scenes is uh, Jeff found finds out some information about his dad right, when he's going through his uh, his personal belongings. Um, it's before he has the hallucination um, of of the guy uh, the guy who owned the gun. I don't know. Um, I know these episodes backwards and forwards. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it's it's fine. Like it's an interesting infor- It's a it's an inf- interesting piece of information that he learns. I won't give away what it is, but he finds out something about his dad that I found it to be intriguing in terms of kind of piling on the pain of that Jeff is going through, the grief that he's going through, the um the experience with, with his personal life. And then this information that he finds out about his dad, I feel like it, it could have worked pretty well. Um, it does have some good, uh, piling on effect to Jeff's, uh, ordeal throughout the episode, but I can see why it was not, why it was kind of cut out because it kind of seems a little bit, it almost seems like a little too much. <laughs> like, like, okay, we're just piling on all of these things. Um, and then finally the last, uh, deleted scene is this, uh, scene, where it's before, it's either before or after the funeral or wake, uh, it was a funeral, I guess, um, where he eulogizes his dad by, by the lake. Um, and just the scene is that he, one of his friends points out that Jeff's ex, uh, was there. Um, it's fine. It, it, it didn't really add anything for me or anything so yeah and then yeah so that that's the only special features for those are the only special features for the blue scorpion um moving right along the last episode of the season blurry man has a commentary track with producer and writer alex rubens and producer audrey chon um this commentary track is pretty okay it's pretty solid there's there's um, I, I kind of missed Win Rosenfeld <laughs> on the commentary track. Um, not nothing against Alex Rubens or Audrey Tron, but um, it does feel like like they like they didn't like they don't know how to do commentary tracks. <laughs> to be frank, um, there's a there's some dead air and there's a lot of like commentary about how like are we doing this commentary track right? Um, but the actual stuff about the episode that they talked about was really uh interesting and they talk about the development of the meta the meta uh the meta episode of of the Twilight Zone and how it came about. Um they talked a lot about uh how they used their actual set obviously for uh for the production of the episode and like they point out like oh that person is really the uh, it really works in hair and makeup and on the show and this person is this and this is our actual craft service table and stuff and it, it's some cool interesting stuff um for it um I did I did get a kick out of uh them referencing they do reference Scream 3 um, when, uh, it, during, during the episode, which is something I'm, I'm glad that they 
we're conscious of because uh, a lot of the episode feels like ripped right out of one particular scene from Scream 3. So at least they're conscious of it, I guess. Um, yeah, and that's the only special feature for Blurry Man. Uh, special features on Disc 3 um, include a 2 minute and 45 second gag reel. And holy crap, uh, gag reels are not funny. <laughs> um, they suck. And this one is not really that funny in the least. There's a couple of bits here and there that are fine, but I've never been a fan of gag reels for, in terms of special features. Um, I've, I've just never liked them and this is no different. Um, it's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's two minutes and 45 seconds, so it's not like a big commitment on time or anything, but it does, it did nothing for me. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it did nothing for me. Um, another special feature is a little featurette that I think they showed or they, uh, I think they posted on social media after the season, uh, ended, but it's, uh, Easter eggs revealed. It's two minutes, 31 seconds, and, uh, it just runs through a lot of the Easter eggs that were, uh, in the season. And I'm sorry if the sound is a little weird. My cat is going crazy and she's knocking the microphone around. Okay. So yeah, the, in the Easter eggs revealed feature at is it's solid. It's fine. Um, obviously a lot of the Easter eggs, um, in season one were incredibly on the nose, like incredibly just straightforward and, and not very Easter eggy. Um, but what I liked about this featurette is that it intercuts the Easter eggs with scenes from the original series. So it's, it's a cool meld of that. It's very, just kind of, kind of flows through a lot of the big Easter eggs in the season. So it was, it was pretty good. I appreciated that they included scenes from the original series on it. So rounding out disc three is a two part documentary about the production of this season of the twilight zone. So it's cut, it's, it's, um, Divided into two parts. Part one, it's, uh, the whole documentary is called Crossing Over Living in the Twilight Zone. Part one is a dimension of mind development. Uh, it's 28 minutes. It basically just dives into, uh, the development of the series and everything. It's, it's very interesting. Um, it's a, it's a deep dive into actually developing the series before production and everything. And we have, uh, interviews from a lot of the key producers and, and writers and everything. Um, it's really, it's really insightful. It's really interesting to see like what different permutations, uh, the series had before it went into production and, and how they, how they wanted to approach it and like what they felt was needed to be communicated in the season and everything. It's, it's a really interesting, um, insight into what went into it. There's one thing that, um, I, I, it wasn't Alex Rubens. It was some, um, I don't know. One of the, one of the producers, uh, talked about how they had wanted to remake the Twilight Zone for years. And when they initially, uh, when they initially kind of approached, uh, the Serling estate, um, like there was talk about like, do we make like an episodic anthology series or do we make like a season, season long anthology? And I'm like, I was just thinking like, like that, that kind of really, really rubbed me the wrong way because it's like, obviously it's an episode by episode anthology. Like that's what the Twilight Zone is. Like it's not like a season long thing. Like I, I don't, I don't know why that would even enter someone's mind when they're, when they're wanting to remake the Twilight Zone. 
Um, but I don't know. And I think the finished product of the season kind of had its cake and ate it too, in terms of having, uh, the meta episode at the end of the season. So I don't know. Hopefully they kind of stick to that. But anyway, this, this part of the documentary was really insightful and interesting and, and a good, uh, dive into what went into making the season and what went into getting into like starting the season essentially. Part two of the documentary is a dimension of sight and sound. It's a, it covers the production of the, of the season. Um, it's 38 minutes long. It's also really insightful, interesting, um, dives into the concepts of, of like what they went into to actually produce the show and, and everything. Um, it's good. It, as a whole, this, this two part documentary is really cool and really engaging. It made me more, it made me appreciate more the, uh, what went into making this season of television. And that's something I always enjoy in terms of special features and everything. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good, uh, inclusion on the Blu-ray set. Um, yeah. And that's disc three discs four and five are just the black and white episodes. Uh, so it includes all 10 episodes in black and white. Um, and yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty much it for this, uh, for the, for the, for the running down the, uh, the Blu-ray set. Um, I would say overall it's worth a purchase. I mean, if you're a completionist who wants all things Twilight Zone, I mean, you probably already have this release unless you hated the season so much. But I would even say that if you didn't like the season that much, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write it off too much. I would, I would maybe check it out again. Um, and maybe give it another watch. And kind of maybe get a new appreciation for it. I don't know. Uh, who knows? But, uh, yeah, that is released. Uh, yeah. And that's it. That's, that's the Blu-ray set. Um, so this is my relaunch episode again. Um, more episodes are going to come as I am cooped up in my apartment with my cat and my apartment is small and my, uh, mind is going crazy. Um, I do want to say that I hope everyone listening to this is being safe and being healthy and, and being, you know, helping to kind of minimize the impact of this virus and the strange twilight zoney new world we live in. Um, and I hope you guys uh, are ready for some more podcasting from me. <laughs> um, I have, it's interesting cause I, I've been posting episodes on obsessive viewer, um, just kind of in isolation and everything. And I have noticed that like, there's a lot, uh, there's, there's, and I, I think this is a, this is kind of blanket for all podcasters, but there is, there has been a decrease in, in downloads and everything because a lot of people are not working right now. And, uh, a lot of people listen to podcasts on their commute. So, um, yeah, if you're listening to this in the future on your commute, welcome back. And, uh, uh, we did it. We survived COVID-19. um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, and I do genuinely hope that these episodes uh will help you get away from from the fear and everything and and the crap that's going on. I know that I've had just ups and downs in terms of mental health and everything. So I I know firsthand how just really uh uh, difficult this can be. I mean, I, I live alone. I can't imagine. I've said this on Obsessive Viewer. I can't imagine the, the strain and, and the, uh, how difficult it must be if you have kids and everything and you live with someone. But like, in terms of living alone and being isolated like this, it is, it's not a picnic for any of us. So 
Um, I do hope that my podcasting is a good reprieve from that for, for you. Um, yeah. And that about does it. Um, coming up on the podcast. So I am finishing up season two of the Twilight Zone. Finally. Um, Next up, I'm going to do the mind and the, mer- the mind and the matter. Um, and then we're going to go to will the real Martian please stand up and finishing out season two with the obsolete man. Um, I'm going to reach out to Brandon from submitted for your approval to see if he'll come on to talk about season two once I wrap it up. But interspersed between those episodes, I'm also finally Finally, going to review season five. Yes, season five of Black Mirror in a bonus episode review series. Um, Striking Vipers, Smithereens, and Rachel Jack and Ashley too. Um, those three episodes were released last last year uh, in July. I took a day off to watch all three episodes with the intention of just diving in and just pumping out bonus episodes. And then I just stopped, um, which is another extension of just mental health stuff and everything. You know, sometimes you need a break. Sometimes those breaks take eight or nine months or however long. But I'm back. I'm looking forward to this. There is also plenty of stuff that's going to be coming um, from this feed. Um, gonna fi- Like I said, in, in addition to finishing up season two of The Twilight Zone, reviewing season five of Black Mirror, I'm also going to still be continuing my bonus uh, supplemental reviews for each episode of the main feed of episodes of Science Fiction Theater. And there's also more bonus episodes to come. Um, like I said, I don't know when season two of The Twilight Zone is going to come out, but when it does, obviously I'm going to be here talking about it. Um, in addition to that, I have planned out and will finally review Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Um, I did have two episodes already re- like recorded and edited and ready for release whenever I started it. I think I'm going to scrap those and just start fresh and everything. I might throw up those two episodes onto Patreon when I get to the that review series, um, but I'm going to start fresh. Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime also in addition to Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, just released a new, um, I, I guess it's a sci-fi anthology show, um, Tales from the Loop. It's, I think, eight episodes. I think it's interconnected and, and to a certain extent, but each episode in, like is a different uh, character from the town. So I'm going to go ahead and just review that in a bonus episode series. And then finally, uh, Apple TV Plus has... <laughs> Uh, amazing, uh, amazing stories. Is that it? Yeah. Amazing stories. Um, five episodes. I am going to check that out and be doing bonus episodes of that. So that'll be, that's going to come when I, when I start out season three of, of the twilight zone. So that's going to be interspersed with that. Um, that's just what I am planning on doing in the coming weeks and months and everything. So yes, amazing stories. Um, so yeah, I might also do a special episode about just Philip K. Dick adaptations. But anyway, um, yeah, that, that's what I have on, on the plate and on, 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 on deck for anthology. I want to thank you guys so much for still subscribing to me and, uh, to, for listening to this. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, I really appreciate, uh, everyone that takes time to listen to me ramble about a show that I am learning more and more about as I go through it. Once again, thank you so much to Victor- listener Victoria Tillinghast. Uh, check out her blog. I'll put a link in the show notes and everything. Really appreciate her um, 
including me, uh, including my show on uh, a list of other sci-fi shows. I really appreciate that. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside. Um, and yeah, uh, well, I'll see you next time. Thanks. And now, here's a clip from a recent episode of The Obsessive Viewer, a weekly movie and TV podcast from ObsessiveViewer.com. It's pretty terrible. Like, I I think that I've, on one hand, I think that I've outgrown Kevin Smith's kind of brand of stoner comedy stuff, which I was never really into that much, but I kind of felt like it was at least clever in those early movies. Here, it's just kind of sad, <laughs> um, to be honest. Anthology is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to AnthologyPod.com slash archive. You can also like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AnthologyPod and follow the show on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at anthologypod.com slash donate or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. Official anthology merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, can be found in the Obsessive Viewers Tee Public Store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at anthologypod.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com. For information about the Obsessive Viewers annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find our flagship movie and TV review and discussion show, The Obsessive Viewer Podcast, at obsessiveviewer.com, and on Twitter, at obsessiveviewer. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and co-host Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, over at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at TheSecularPerspective.com. Bumper music for this podcast comes courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at Facebook.com slash As Good As It Gets Band. You can also find As Good As It Gets music on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Whether you're looking to build a website for your business, your hobby, your podcast, or just for fun, Pair Networks is your go-to web hosting partner. Not only do we have the lowest domain price in the industry, starting at just 11 bucks, we've got hundreds of stunning website templates to help you stand out from the crowd. You're not a techie? Not a problem. With our easy DIY site builders, you can launch your impressive website without any technical know-how. And when it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. P-A-I-R dot com. Ever tried reading while jogging? 
cooking, or even juggling flaming torches? Yeah, doesn't end well. But with Audiobooks.com, you can conquer books without the circus act. Dive into over 450,000 titles, including more than 10,000 free ones. Get hooked on a bestseller, find your next obsession, or finally read that classic you've been avoiding since high school. And here's the inside scoop. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial and snag your first three audiobooks on the house. Sign up for your free trial at audiobooks.com slash podcast free today. That's audiobooks.com slash podcast F-R-E-E.